Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What is up, all you rockers, rockettes, and everything in between? Everyone is included here. You have joined us for a new edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. Welcome back to the show, all of you fan favorites and loyal listeners. We appreciate all of you. And if it's your first time joining us, welcome. Let me break down what we are doing here. We are the show that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen, the mighty Van Halen. And we do it one track at a time. We spin a wheel, we hit the track and we listen to it and we talk about it that's basically what we do here because uh that's just the fun way to do it and i am your co-host mark kamire with me as always Corey morissette Corey, how you feeling this week man very cold winter finally found <laughs> us here uh in canada it was really nice like we're talking like you know zero uh to like plus five or six like we're walking around in shorts uh shirt sleeves i'm sporting my plentywood montana shirt design that you can find only at the end, the Podcast Will Rock uh, merch store. You can get the link on our website, podcastwillrock.com. Uh, but winter found us this week. Uh, yesterday was uh, minus 20, minus 30-something with the wind chill, and we got some snow. Uh, so we're buried in snow again, minus 33 again today uh, with the wind chill. So a miserable day, but I feel like I can't complain too hard because we're usually getting these temperatures in November, uh, not January. So I, I guess I could take the cold for a little bit. Hopefully it all let, lets up by, like, you know, June, I'm hoping. <laughs> well, that's the price you pay for living north of the wall. And when the cold winds rise, the dead rise with it. So be no on alert. Up no there, Corey. And, you don't know uh, how accurate you are, Mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, any any anytime uh, people from Canada talk about it. It's just it was like, well, you guys are north of the wall. So you, just, you, you bunch of wildlings up there, you free folk. Uh, just uh, steer clear of the mammoths, the giants, and uh, the blue-eyed monsters. That's right. And uh, as long as you can do that, you're good to go. Um, n- never mind the fact that uh, in the uh, southern U.S., in the Atlantic, there are uh, cocaine-ridden sharks that are just <laughs> swimming all about, uh, high on cocaine. This is real. Uh, this is a, di- a digression from the show, but I don't care. I'm mentioning it because I saw a video, and it terrified me. Uh cartel dumping uh uh cocaine just massive amounts of cocaine in the uh the ocean and sharks have been getting into it they have footage of the sharks getting into these discarded uh piles of cocaine and they are just just wreaking havoc in the water we had cocaine bear that was that was a fun time right y'all had mm-hmm. a good time with cocaine bear based on a true story actually uh in my home state that took place it was a real story now how do you feel about cocaine sharks on top of that we are being riddled with a series of tornadoes more this past year than i think i've ever seen in my life so sharknado coke coke like shark coke nato like, I'm, I'm thinking a new franchise is on the way but i'm just saying to all of you divers and swimmers of the atlantic be uh warned 
be cautious and uh, do not try to outswim a cocaine shark. You will fail. There is a movie, Cocaine Shark, too. Like, it sounds like an asylum movie, and I think they did make a cheap, well, not asylum, but somebody made a cheap ripoff movie called Cocaine Shark. And now that's based (laughs) on a true story. Well, I got to tell you, I'm pretty (laughs) sure the uh, tornadoes in your area are going to simmer down now that we've done Humans Being. Now that we've got that song off the wheel, uh, probably less tornadoes. One can only hope, but uh, we we will uh, cross that bridge when we come to it. All I'm hoping for, uh, speaking of cold winds rising, look, we're feeling those cold winds that uh, have been blowing your way, and we're going to get a little taste of it. But but uh, enough about the weather. Let's talk about some Van Halen. What's going on in uh, Van Halen news? Sure. Let's uh, check with the uh, Van Halen news desk. We've got a couple of new articles. Uh, there's an mm-hmm. interview here with uh, Tesla guitarist Frank Hannon. Great guitar player. I, I saw Tesla open for Def Leppard a few years ago, uh, and they were yeah. fantastic. And he calls uh, Eddie Van Halen rock guitars Mozart. Uh, not because of uh, not only because of his skill as a guitar, but because of his charisma too and his personality, like always smiling. Uh, Mozart was, I guess, quite charismatic. So, uh, pretty hard to argue with Mr. Hannon on that one. Eddie Van Halen is forever rock guitars. Mozart, absolutely. I think everybody on this call <laughs> and in our chat would agree. Somewhere out there, there is a screaming Yingve Malstein just <laughs> screaming his head off. But yes, I would agree with that assessment. Uh, then we have uh, Ray Luzier uh, performs classic Van Halen on Alex's kit. That's part of Modern Drummers uh, series. Of videos dedicated to uh, Alex Van Halen, who's their 2023 Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, so mm. uh, Dave Luzier, or we're sorry, Ray Luzier, is currently on the road with Corn. Uh, gets behind Alex's 2012 kit and performs some uh, Van Halen classics. So that's pretty cool. You'll want to check that one out. Uh, I uh, I have a sidebar right. uh, to that real quick, if 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 you'll allow me. Of course. Uh, uh, currently, um, Ray is 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 not at this moment on tour, and I'll tell you how I know that. Uh, very recently, as in this past Sunday, uh, a few of my friends in Nashville, they have this uh, band called Carrot with a K and two R's. One's backwards. It's a corn tribute band. Makes they're sense. called Carrot. And uh, they're fantastic, good dudes, and just uh, wonderful musicians. Well, they just so happened to play a show on Sunday. And while at the show, they had a surprise announcement. And Ray Luzier, drummer of corn, got up on stage and played a couple of songs with them. Oh, nice. It was Totally spur of the moment. He just happened to be in town, uh, and he, he just came up. And I guess I don't even know how the conversation went. I just I like to think of it because I've met Ray like once or twice, and I I, I like to think he he just went up to uh, the venue and was just like, hey, is it cool if I like sit in? Can I do that? I don't want to impose or anything. <laughs> and when Ray Luzier asked if he can just sit in and play a song, sit I down. think he just said one song. Yeah, it's like dude's like dude, come in and sit down, play the whole damn set if you want to. You know the songs. <laughs> So, uh, but instead he, uh, so he did to get, he get to play uh, one song, but then they asked him to please play the following one after that. So he did. And I thought that was really cool. It wasn't a huge thing. Nobody made like a humongous deal about it. Uh, uh, it, it was just, you know, a very famous uh, rock star just happened to be there and uh, it was just very cool. And he's like, hey, is it cool if I join you guys on stage? And there you go. So uh, very cool moment. Very cool, dude. Uh, if uh, you get the chance to go see Ray Luzier, whether he's playing in Corn or uh, Jonathan Davis's solo band, or if he's just out doing a drum thing whatsoever, do yourself a favor. Go watch it because that guy is phenomenal. So hey. that's my little sidebar. Scott Monroe says, cool story. Cool with a K. He got the memo. Well done. Scott's yeah. on fire every well week done, now. Well done, Scott. Well done, Scott. <laughs> he, he's aiming for my job, I tell you. But uh, Nobody reads the news like me, though, damn it. Let's get back That's to true. it. That's true. 
uh, Dave Lee Roth drummer Francis Valentino uh, is on the Darren uh, Paltrowitz uh, show, the Paltrow cast. He's been getting all the great guests lately. Of course, he just wrote his book uh, on David Lee Roth, and uh, he was talking to uh, uh, Francis Valentino about the challenging changes of Unchained. He asked him, what's the most difficult Van Halen song to do live? And he listed Unchained. Uh, and there's oh, a great wow. little video actually taken from a David Lee Roth show, and they were opening for Kiss on one of the early legs of the uh, End of the Road tour. Uh, the, the the quality's not great. I won't play it for you here, but people can go check that out on the on the Van Halen News Desk. But, man, Darren Paltrowitz is getting all the great guests lately. And his book is doing really, really well. So uh, Hell yeah, congratulations, you, Darren. Darren. Fantastic. Uh, then we have a, a great little oracle here from our good friend, legendary Eric Senich, behind the scenes with David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. And, again, we're going back to the Paltrowitz cast, the Paltrow cast. Uh, he uh, did an interview uh, with Frank Meyer, who's an author, musician, and documentarian. Uh, to talk about a lot of things, David Lee Roth. And then Eric Sanich did his own interview with Frank Meyer. Uh, Here are some of the bullet points from that interview. Uh, They talk about hanging out with the Zappas, uh, playing the guitar Eddie gifted to Dweezil, which is a very famous (laughs) guitar, uh, meeting Steve Vai, hearing Ross eat him and smile songs before anyone else, meeting Eddie Van Halen, interviewing, hanging out, and getting drunk with David Lee Roth at his mansion, Dave's gigantic (laughs) joint. Now, I don't know if if that's his member or if that's an actual joint. Uh, I'm gonna assume it's a joint. I tell you, when it comes to Eric Sandage, I don't know. You know that guy's. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe yeah. <laughs> uh, the animated show. <laughs> the animated show featuring Dave that almost happened. Uh, the Dave Lee Roth philosophy book that almost happened. Hearing the secret songs Dave recorded with the Van Halen in 2000. That's a big one. Attending Eddie Van Halen's house party in 06. Dave calls out Frank at the 07 Van Halen press conference. Attending Van Halen's 07 tour rehearsal at the LA Forum and attending the 2015 Edom and Small Band reunion concert. That was canceled at the last minute by the fire marshal. So they cover a lot of ground uh, in that interview. You guys, you got to check that one out. Just endlessly entertaining stories uh, from Frank Meyer on that one. Sounds like it. Um, yeah, can you, uh, can you go to that picture real quick? Can we take a look at this uh, picture of, of Eddie Van Halen and uh, David Lee Roth? Um, do you remember the... <laughs> oh, my God. I think... Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss it. There, there was a, an old wrestling tag team. Featuring Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, the Rockers. The Rockers. And uh, tell me that doesn't give you Rockers vibes. Little a little bit. A little bit. You got Marty Jannetty on the right. and Yeah. Yeah, and Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels and, and David Lee Roth at this time in Shawn Michaels' career would have a lot in common, actually. They Yes, they would. Uh, but uh, it just, I the moment you pulled up that picture, I... In, instantly thought about the progress was like did they was that planned was that on purpose <laughs> anywho so for y'all all you uh old school wrestling fans uh yeah that's that's just for you that one's for you uh, yep yeah uh, scott monroe in the chat interviewing hanging out and getting drunk with david lee roth at his mansion sounds like a great movie title <laughs> i agree someone should uh should adapt that into a screenplay yes. okay i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah twist my rubber arm why don't you <laughs> yeah i was like all right yeah. Well, that's it. That's all we have for news on the Van Halen uh, News Desk. Remember, uh, www.vhnd.com for all your Van Halen merch uh, and uh, Van Halen news. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Well, then we uh, we go to the the poll, man, the rockin' poll from last week from uh, from our last show and uh, see what the people were saying. Now, did you have any uh, predictions ahead of time on whether or how, how you thought the voting was going to go for this song in particular? Yeah, I was hoping for close to 80%. I figured there's no mm-hmm. way in hell we're going to get anything where it deserves to be. 
but I was right. hoping like 78, 79, pushing 80 uh, was was kind of my guess. And I think that, that was kind of the mood in the chat, too. They were saying 75, kind of around that around that area. Well, you, it might surprise you. Uh, the, the track in question we're talking about is good enough. If you guys uh, didn't catch it, we covered good enough. And uh, the, the opening track to uh, not the the album that I said originally or that we uh, tweeted out, but uh, the corrected one. Uh, and we got an 82%, 82.3% what dreams are made of versus a 17.7. Honestly, I, I can't even really complain too hard as much as I really want to, because I personally feel like the song should be voted much higher, but the, just the fact that it broke 80%, 82, in fact, uh, kind of makes me a little bit happy. And just in the sense that, okay, cool. I think, uh, the majority of you guys actually listen to the song or, and you know, the song. So you, you had good things to say about it. And then the other 17%, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that probably have their opinions on what they think about it. We already talked about lyrically is good enough. Uh, you know, the, the Sammy Hagar typical, or is it, uh, you know, a little bit worse, but 82% surprised me. And I'm, it's, it's a good surprise. It's a happy surprise. So I'm trying not to dwell on the negative here. Well, I tell you what, but Mark, the, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, the 82.3% where that ranks all time uh, on our show uh, is actually ranked yes. number 53. So a oh. uh, little better than, than half. It's in the, it's in the top half. Uh, it's nestled right in between right now, which is right above it at 82.4% and right uh, above fools at 82.1%. So for a Sammy track, you can see on the screen here, you know, there's three, four five ahead of it, uh, including best mm. of both worlds at uh, the 35 spot. But, you know, I tell you, good enough. Uh, most people thought, well, I guess it's good enough. Uh, we always thought we thought it was a little bit better than good enough, uh, but uh, the audience <laughs> yeah. in general uh, ranked it just good enough and and better than songs like Fools, Seven Seal, Blood and Fire, She's the Woman, Dirty Movies, Could This Be Magic, Judgment Day, Out of Love Again. So there's some there's a couple of heavy hitters that uh, good enough is actually beating. Let me ask you this though, before I get into. Uh what people are saying about it. Do you think based on what we have left, especially with the Hagar era, there's not a lot, but we have a, we have a good bit left. Is there any chance any of those tracks of the Hagar era breaks 90%? Zero. Zero. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're... unfortunately I think you're right. There's, there is one, maybe there's one, there may be one that could do it, but I don't think it's, it's gonna. The only one I think that uh, might have a shot is Summer Nights, but I don't see that uh, doing as well. We we did get a, we have uh, gotten that one manifested quite a bit, yeah. so you're it it could be um, that one is not the track I was thinking of, but okay. uh, you, you're probably right. You're probably right. It's, Which one were you if thinking? anyone's got it, I was thinking when it's love. Okay, uh, yeah. but well, they don't like ballads just though. because. That's true. That's true. They don't. And uh, but it, but man, that song was just. A massive, just a massive song, and I just don't understand. Eh, well, we'll get into it if we when, when we spin it. But uh, yeah, of the songs that I that I think could do it, will they do it? Probably not at this point. But uh, and that makes me a little sad. But whatever, good enough. Eighty two point three percent. I guess that's good enough. Let's see what the people are saying about this. Uh, Sean McGinnity, our good buddy Sean from the Sean Geek and Fast Fit po podcast, he says. 
<laughs> Here we go. Absolutely cringe at the lyrics of this one. You, sir, put that red rocker away. That is inappropriate. But I can't deny how strong the rest of the song is. What a way to launch an album. This is a great warm-up to an audience waiting to hear what the new Halen will be like. Uh, so he's very positive. He's he, he's not positive on the lyrics, and that's to be expected. Yeah, it's fine because it is what it is. But uh, I like that Sean uh, still acknowledged that you know though the uh, the lyrics are a cringe fest, it's still such a banger. So uh, thank you, Sean. Uh, we move on to our buddy Greg Zito. Greg says Ed is incredible. Mike and Al are in the pocket, and Sam is singing his butt off. The lyrics are tough and haven't aged well. That being said, this track is hashtag what dreams are made of. Turn it up to 11. And he gave you a nice little uh, um, spinal tap gif while he was at it, just because that was a really conversation. I, I, I have <laughs> clips nice. from that movie now. These go to 11. There you go. Of course you do. <laughs> and rightfully, you should. All right. Let's see. Uh, okay. Da, 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 da. Scott Everett says after hearing why can't this be love i wasn't sure what was going to happen when i pushed play on 5150 what i got was a rocker great beat and overall tone and i love how they are having fun with it uh so uh i that's a uh a vote yes a vote yes i believe from his uh from there we go and uh david lee smith says uh hagar comparing a woman to a piece of meat and over singing this makes me cringe every time Hmm, rapist much? Well, I think that's going a little far, Davey, but you do you. Granted, the music is what makes the dreams what makes this what dreams are made of, so there's that. So uh yeah, so uh, Dave, you know, everybody's I think we're all on board that uh the the lyrics don't age well. I don't nearly have as strong of an opinion about it as uh the rest of you apparently, but I do admit. Do they hold up? No, not really. Uh, but does that diminish the quality of the song? For me, no, not at all. So uh, there's the tweets. We're going to move on over to our Discord. And uh, guys, we say this every week, but I'm going to say it again. If you want your tweet guaranteed read on the show, join the Patreon. Not only that, you'll get access to our Discord where you can basically just say and post as much as you want. And I'm going to read it because uh, if you join the Patreon that's what that's one of the perks i get to read your uh, your nonsensical awesomeness uh, <laughs> it's not nonsensical i'm just playing around so let's see starting with i believe ryan powell our good buddy ryan i think i think or is that uh, oh no 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 i'm sorry that was uh, not yet not yet ryan scott monroe on the other hand says Good enough has more than enough going for it to be what dreams are made of. You guys said it. What a way to open the first album with Sammy. Uh, Sammy's, he's, he's, I'm looking at you, Van Halen 3, quirks and eyebrow. Uh, Sammy's howling and affect, uh, uh, affectations are so on point for this high energy, playful opener. Sweet, silky Mikey is there to make it all that much better with his harmonies. And Alex is a tribal warrior in lockstep with Eddie's frenetic flourishes it all builds to the extremely satisfying come on outro section with classic tapping that winds up to a concert ending this is every bit as good as and swinging as david lee roth era party rock 
It's also forever associated in my mind with the iconic Spaceballs uh, diner scene that features the first minute of the song, which deliciously reflects the lighthearted late 80s sensibilities both the movie and the tune are going for. If you downvote this song, you are a thief of joy. Yes. Chew on that. Well, there said. you go. That's that's Scott Monroe saying it. That's not me. So I'm you saying take it, it too, damn that. it. That's my hashtag, thief of joy, 100%. <laughs> He's right. Thief of joy. Absolutely right. Let's see. Uh, and this is uh, comes from Chad. Chad's a, a new Patreon. That's I believe. right. Yeah. Ch- Chad says, "Good enough. Nope. Great enough. If my old ass memory is correct, the Easter Bunny brought me this tape. I was so excited as this album was a total Reese's peanut butter cup moment for me. Nice. Two bands I really liked getting together. What could be better? Like chocolate and peanut butter. I got what you were saying there. Uh, and I tell you what." When I bit into that first bite of good enough, I knew I was going to be a fat kid forever. (laughs) Sammy was loud and even more fun than he was on VOA. Uh, The tempo was fast. There was a a palatable energy. Uh, This was not my older sister's Van Halen. I still love the song to this day and have not grown tired of it, despite the shitty recording and the awful and dated electronic drum sound. The song ushered me into a my van halen era uh so so what i'm getting from you chad is that uh the van halen era of, or the sammy era of van halen is your van halen and you know what i'm not mad about it so good on you and thank you very much let's see here our friend chaz mataz old chaz charles he's got a i'm sure he's got plenty to say so what's he saying he is saying Good enough to have been the lead single, and Jesus, if it had been, I'd have suited up with it a lot quicker. Uh, This song, it's everything that was Ed at the peak of his powers. All of them, including Sammy. This song makes me want to rage. It's exactly the formula I wish Van Hagar had stuck with later on. It's an all-time classic and for sure what dreams are made of. And if Brown is down, he needs to stop messing around and listen again. It's the best of Van Halen, regardless of frontman. And he actually says before <laughs> his rat rant, he said, if the little man from Skatchatoon, uh, referring to Kevin Brown, downvotes says he's just an arsehole. But I, I don't believe <laughs> oh, he Oh, God. Is, is, is that who Kevin is? He's yeah. the little man from Saskatoon? Yeah, the, oh. the little man from uh, Skatchatoon. Skatchatoon, yeah. My apologies to you, Kev. I represent all you short kings. Never let it never be uh, forgotten. All right, our friend Jeff Brewer. He's uh, ooh, he's he's got a lot to say about this one. So here we go. Good enough. March of 1986, my senior year in high school, already a major Van Halen fan. The license plate frame for my '83 Ford Ranger read "Van Halen Equipment Truck." That's cool. Clever. Uh, I was at the record store on the day it was released, probably right when it opened, hoping to hear some new Van Halen that sounded more like Van Halen than the first single, Why Can't This Be Lane, he calls it. Disrespectful. (laughs) Uh, Within within the first 10 seconds of hearing this song in my equipment truck's Pioneer cassette stereo player, I was pretty happy. (laughs) I, too, had a Pioneer cassette. Everybody did. Pioneer made the best cassette decks for cars, like... They it's really did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if they did or if we just got used to it. I don't know, but well, Al- nevertheless, Alpine had a pretty good deck too. <laughs> but yeah, I think everybody, everybody around my part of the like, I live in Buttfuck nowhere. We all had pioneers too. So you didn't have a blah punk or whatever they were. No, called? no, that, that's a little too fancy for <laughs> Skatchatoon. Hey, it was too fancy for me too. I didn't have one. <laughs> uh, 
moving on, he said, to, or uh, continuing, he goes, I had a steady girlfriend at the time, so I had to mildly disapprove of the lyrics and prefer the more relationship-friendly Love Walks In. However, to borrow from renowned wordsmith Samuel Hagar, time has told that this song has stood the test of time better than the two love songs from this album, in my opinion. Uh, Ed pulled out his complete bag of tricks to constantly pepper us with continuous a continuous barrage of great fills. Virtually every signature Eddie Van Halen technique is in there. Tapping flurries, pinch harmonics, squeals, rapid fire, open string, natural harmonic runs, bended tap harmonics, and a cool and interesting melodic line leading into the chorus. Yes, the lyrics are juvenile. And I tend to give Sam a bad time about some of his lyrics over the years, but this is pretty tongue-in-cheek and harmless. Plus, back then it was pretty much required that rock bands in Van Halen's genre have at least one sexually suggestive, cheesy, metaphor-laden song on each album. That's a fact. Uh, this song is not my favorite from the album. That spot is held by the inimitable 5150, uh, or even in the top three. Number two is the best of both worlds. Number three, Summer Nights. But it is definitely good enough to fly and upvote. So all that to say, Jeff Brewer really, really digs this song. Uh, he, he digs the album more. But uh, what dreams are made of for him? There you have it. So uh, again, guys, you want uh, your tweets or your discords read on the show? Guarantee join the Patreon. Guarantee we'll have a, uh, a tier for you or we'll make one. And I gotta there tell you, you have it. I, I found a great quote uh, from a great documentary I saw not too long ago about Sammy's lyrics. What's wrong with being oh. sexy? I mean, there's no sex ist. -ist. Oh, sex ist. Oh, yes. What's wrong with being sexy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but again, I, I, my, my pushback is, and Jeff alluded to this because back then I think uh, it was sort of a requirement. For the uh, the rock bands of that day, especially the hair metal bands, to have at least one aggressively, se overtly sexual song. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, the, the times were different, kids. I'm not saying times were better, and I'm not I'm not giving it a pass. I'm just saying times were different. So, um, uh, we can we can uh, acknowledge that those lyrics do not hold up over time. Uh, but we can also acknowledge that the song itself. Is it affected by the lyrics greatly? To me, no. But if it does to you, fair, fair enough. Um, still, with all that being said, I can't believe it uh, It got to an 82% what dreams are made of, yeah. honestly. Uh, just now uh, it's even more surprising. Six uh, percentage points behind uh, Pound Cake, which is the leading uh, Sammy track uh, on our all-time list. But I tell you, who wasn't a fan of that uh, manifesto? The Jeff Brewer manifesto was Jeff Brewer, who said, man, that was too wordy. So he self-criticizing uh, <laughs> himself here in the chat. I still Look, man, I, this yeah, I like case in point, if you, if you put it down there, if it, once it goes into the channel, that's it. And I'm reading it unless you, uh, you edit it or you take it out. But, uh, yeah, that's, it, if it's there during a recording showtime, I'm reading it because that's, right. that's what you pay for. <laughs> All right. Well, well, what else Corey, is there left yeah. to do? The one thing that is left to do before we spin that wheel is to manifest what we want to listen to. Woohoo, take a drink. All right, well, it is an auspicious occasion uh, in the world of Van Halen, so uh, I throw it to you, Corey. What do you think we should manifest for the night? Well, I tell you what, uh, we had a, a discussion earlier today, and by us I mean like uh, 
our patrons on the Discord server uh, because we have mm-hmm. the the manifestation channel where everybody can put their manifestations for the week, and they're all coming out the same. And I just threw it out there that you know we should all just you know combine our manifestation powers for one week, and every single person on the Patreon and on this call should manifest the exact same song. And that's what we're doing here tonight because it yes. is the fortieth anniversary of the album 1984. We are all manifesting the last track we have yet to cover off of 1984, House of Pain. House of Pain. Long awaited, long manifested, always eludes us, but the time has come. So, yes, uh, we're, we'll, we'll be taking no other suggestions because this is the time. If there was ever a time to uh, spin a track from 1984, it is now. So put all of your manifestation powers into that wheel. You look at the wheel in its eye and you go, listen, you bitch, you're going to spin the song that we need because we need it. We need to do this. It's time. So, uh, Voltron manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. That, that probably pissed her off a little bit, but you know, I'll I'll deal with the ramifications. (laughs) Watch us get fucking pleasure dome now. (laughs) Hey, that, that would, Make me. Oh, I mean, oh no, that would be such a shame. <laughs> All right, should should we go over to the wheel? We should go over to the wheel. Let, we should yeah. uh, we should prime this thing. How many we have? We, how many lurkers we got? Well, last time I checked, we got four people watching, and uh, we got two of us here, so that's six. So I'm going to shuffle this thing six times: one, two, three, four, five, and six. What do I you won't say? make you do it forty times for the fortieth anniversary. Yes, thank you. We'll be thank here you. Too. <laughs> All right, you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's, Let's do, this. do it. Here we go. Come on, baby. Oh, no, it's not going to be. I tell you, it's hard to be mad at it, though. We're going to Van Halen 2, a little track called Dance the Night Away. Well, yes, uh, apparently, I, I think I pissed her off too much, but maybe it's, uh, it wasn't enough to uh, really fuck us with something. So instead... We've got something pretty incredible. Dance the Night Away from Van Halen 2. Well, I mean, I don't even know what to say beforehand before we get into it because uh, we've, we've talked a lot about, uh, you and I specifically have talked about our feelings on Van Halen 2. Yeah. So it's almost it like, <laughs> it's almost like, like, I don't want to show my hand, but at the same time, you already know my hand. <laughs> You know what, I, I've been watching a lot of Friends, and the, the quote that came to my mind was Joey Tribbiani saying, it's like a cow's opinion. It's moo. It's a moo point. Well, a we moo this, point. Yeah, a moo point before the song. Uh, Scott Monroe's happy. <laughs> said a satisfactory result. I, I would agree with that. If we're going to spin anything other than House of Pain, you know, let, let's be it from my favorite Van Halen album of all time. Yeah. Look, Corey's stuck in a snowstorm up there in uh, the Great White North, so you know we need to give him a powerful, uh, party-filled Van Halen tune in order to you know pick up the spirits and and dance that snow away. All right, so let's do it. Uh, this is uh, all the way back to 1979. This is "Dance the Night Away." Across the 
How do you feel about a cowbell intro? Love a cowbell intro. Anytime there's cowbell, uh, I'm I'm a happy guy. No issues at all with the cowbell. How about you? You know, sometimes you can overdo it, and it can be it can come across as extremely obnoxious. For whatever reason, it doesn't come off that way when uh, Alex Van Halen does it, and maybe it's just because the sound of it just fits how this song is structured and just how we know the song is going to go. And uh, yeah, this if there was ever a perfect time to for a, a cowbell utilization, I think it's for this. And you know, it, it was subtle. It, it wasn't in your face. Yeah. It wasn't in your exactly. face, cowbell. It, it, it was nice and subtle. Do you know uh, which song inspired this one? Ooh. Think no, of, I don't. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. Go your own way. And I, I got that little tidbit from the Van Halen Encyclopedia. That's how I know it's right. C.J. Chalvers, he never gets his stuff wrong. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> apparently uh, this is the uh, the first song they ever just kind of re- wrote and recorded in the studio. They just got to put it all together in the studio. And it was inspired by uh, Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. Interesting. Uh, huh. Okay. So now I'm going to be, I mean, I already know, I know how this song goes pretty well. So I'm I'm sort of listening in my head and kind of looking for the references maybe or like uh where the inspiration might have come from and with go your own way uh maybe it's in the uh maybe it's in the chorus with the harmonies i don't know it, uh, but it, that is that's a cool piece of information though melody tempo uh, definitely has a, a go your own way vibe uh, i i did find a, a yeah, little quote here uh, on the lyrics uh the song was inspired by a drunk woman who had sex with her boyfriend in the back parking lot of Walter Mitty's in full view of the band then danced for hours in the front row of the club with her jeans put on backwards. <laughs> Which is about as Van Halen why, a story as you can get. Yeah, like, why wouldn't you write a song about that? <laughs> like, I, I want to write a song about that. I'd have to, like, reword it, obviously, but, like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the kind of story that would want you, you would write a song about. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, let's keep going. So you kind of get a little Dave influence, I think, on the chorus. It's very pop-sounding, right? But th- those harmonies oh, yeah. are just, they're so great. Like, I, I, I love a really good pop tune, too. And uh, you, you, want, you want to give me a popular chorus? I'm not mad at it. That was fantastic. I love that chorus so much. No, and right away, uh, they, they they do the thing Van Halen loves to do, and they do really well when they want to do it. And it's a very simple chorus. It's just the title. Just yeah. singing the title of the of the track. And it's like... Van Halen has so many of those, and they're great because it's got the right hook, uh, like the melodies in place. You have the perfect combination of, of just the the structure of the song. Sammy do, or I'm sorry, uh, Dave doing his thing, and then of course, what really sells it is clearly the uh, the the harmonies. Yeah. And I, if I'm alone in thinking that way for for this song in particular, I'll die on that hill alone. I tell you, uh, Scott Everett uh, in the chat, I, I think put it pretty well. A rocker you can dance to. This is what makes Van Halen unique. This is why they aren't heavy metal. This is why Van Halen stands alone, because they can ride that line between heavier hard rock slash heavy metal to your more popular stuff. It's very much a, a poppy riff. It's very much a poppy chorus. The way they harmonize mm-hmm. is kind of pop-orientated, but it's still very much Van Halen. 
And this was Van Halen 2. This was their sophomore album. So they've always been, they've been doing this for years, you guys. It didn't change when Sammy joined the band. They've always done this. Also, something to point out, um, just as I'm listening, this might be, if I really think about it, this might be one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite songs of Dave actually, actually singing. Like he's he's utilizing his his actual singing voice. He's not doing his little scat stuff. He's not like uh, speak singing that little thing he likes to do a lot, where he's not really singing. He's just kind of speaking in. You know, in melody, <laughs> speaking in pitch, uh, things like that. Uh, all stuff he does very well, you know, in the in the height of his, uh, you know, in his prime. Um, but this one is where like he's he's straight up singing, yep. you know, and he's he's throwing a little bit of his uh, his little Rothisms in there, of course. Like you get you get those little howls and little screeches and things like that. And of course, he has a very unique. Uh, cadence and timbre in his voice that like you you absolutely know it's david lee roth when he's singing um and so that's all over the place sure but i don't know it just i really love this song for uh a lot for dave's performance of it because of him actually singing and utilizing his singing voice and he can do it really can and uh i'm listening to this i'm looking up uh, some trivia here uh dance Saturday we actually featured in in five different movies uh, in one trailer, the trailer for the movie Mission to Mars uh, in 2000, but it featured in the films uh, Private Parts, the Howard Stern film from 97. Uh, sorry, Mission to Mars, it was in the film Grown Ups in 2010. It was just in the trailer. Uh, That's My Boy and Adam Sandler, piece of shit, uh, in 2012. And then Argo, <laughs> the Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Argo. And uh, Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues in 2013. So uh, a popular oh, film God. in the late 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. It was, yeah. That's. Uh, I wonder why that is. It was, I guess just because the song just lends itself out to uh, any any opportunity. Um, but that's that's hilarious when you put it in perspective like that. Well, Howard Stern, for the most part, is a period piece. His early radio yeah, career, yeah. Argo and Anchorman are are set in different times. Like Anchorman was set in the eighties. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Anchorman. I I completely forgot that Anchorman is both movies are period piece. <laughs> it's yeah. like you don't you don't think about that until you're actually watching it. But it's like, oh yeah, no no no. The, these took place in the late seventies and early eighties. So like, okay, yeah. fair enough. There I, it is. I just think it's cool that Hollywood thinks, okay, uh, we're set our movie in the late seventies, early eighties. We need a Van Halen song. What's the Van Halen song they pick? Well, the five of them picked Dance the Night Away, which is kind of cool. <laughs> of all the ones they could have picked from that time frame. Uh, but, I mean, this this was released in 79. So, I mean, they do have, if they want to keep it authentic to the period they're representing, they do have to, they have a limited uh, 
choice of catalog. However, their choices are you take a song from either Van Halen one or two. Yeah. There you go. And like, oh, really? Hmm. Geez. (laughs) Tough call. Uh, Scott Monroe says, no, woe has always struck me as. uh, Sorry, I can't read as uh, an inspired innotation choice by David Lee Roth. Uh, Kevin Brown, who's a dick, says, just ducking my head and see what song you spun. And he says, well, if these two hosers would get on with it instead of vamping, I'd find out. Well, motherfucker, let's see if you can pick it up from this. Now, we don't get a, a typical Eddie Van Halen guitar solo. We just get like a nice little poppy musical interlude and then a nice little mm-hmm. breakdown section before we're going to get a build, a mighty powerful Alex fill, and then back into the chorus. But uh, what did you think not getting, say, a proper uh, Eddie Van Halen guitar solo there? Hot take. Didn't need it. I yeah. think uh, if he had done that, I don't think the song would have worked. Like, I just, the I think the entire song would have been kind of like, yeah, like people, people might have been okay on it, but then uh, I, I just, I really think it, it wouldn't have come across as, as well as it did. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't like this song because it's a little too poppy, but it didn't need it. It did not need a rip roaring uh, Eddie Van Halen solo. Nope, just keeping it very subtle, keeping it very kind of loosey goosey and fun and poppy, you know, and it just, it is what it is. And that's not, we have, we have to uh, uh, remember, the 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 term pop in music especially when you're talking about a rock band wasn't a bad thing like that's not a dirty word uh that's just how it was because pop literally stands for popular Mm -hmm. so uh what it has become we can have a conversation about that later uh a rant if you will but uh but back then you know if it was pop that could have mean it it likely meant it was a rock and roll song that was just very very popular so um, yeah, I, I don't think if you, uh, if you put, uh, shreddy Van Halen solo in this, it would come across very well. Do you agree? hundred percent, hundred percent. Eddie Van Halen always played to the song. And like you said, this is a song that doesn't really require guitar pyrotechnics to get its point across or to show his mastery, nope. right? It, it's all about melody. It's all about harmony. It, it's all about just feeling good. And this song doesn't require uh, that level of, of, of technique. What it requires is what we're going to get, and that's this big-ass soaring chorus that I'm going to play for you right now. famous fade out they don't do the concert ending they just fade away because they're dancing the night away that's right and it's like it doesn't have to necessarily end but it's dancing away because eventually the sun's coming up 
Uh, and I also is? just want to point out that uh, <laughs> I love that Kevin Brown called me a hoser as well, um, <laughs> even though I'm not. Uh, You're an honorary hoser. You're an honorary hoser. Not That's really, cool. although although we did find out that uh, my last name does come for it's uh, French Canadian as, right. as opposed to off the boat from France. So I thought that was a neat find. And uh, one of these days I'm going to come and uh, find my my. Uh, Great white northern uh, relatives. Hopefully, they're not a bunch of degens from up country, but we'll find out. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess it's that time to vote. Uh, I'm going to throw it to you first. You usually uh, throw it to me or to the guests first. Uh, so I'm going to make you vote first here tonight. Uh, so the question becomes Dance the Night Away from Van Halen 2. Is this what dreams are made of, or is the dream tragically over? Not even gonna leave you in suspense and like keep you wondering because it's it's dance the night away. When you ask me what are some uh quintessential Van Halen songs, I've mentioned a few along the way that I consider. And I honestly consider Dance the Night Away uh one of those songs. Matter of fact, uh of the top ten, it's it's def I it, for me anyway, it's it's definitely in there in the top ten somewhere. Um it's just a it's fun. It's just a fun rock song. It's a fun, uh, you can call it pop if you want. Yeah, pop and rock, it's the same thing. Um, it's just fun. It's very, uh, it's nothing too overtly technical. Um, they're not going out of their way to melt your face or uh, give you a long-lasting impact think piece of a song, you know what I mean? Like they're not they're not playing this song to to make you think. No, this, this is this is them doing what they do best, especially in those early days. Dave's telling you a, a fun little story and uh you know, singing to it and actually singing. I think that's really uh one of the selling points of this song. Overall, I think the structure is very brilliantly uh put together. Uh but Dave as I mentioned before, just actually singing. He's not doing too much of his shtick he's just singing a rock song with his rock band uh and he is uh he's showing us that he's capable of being like a good vocalist when he wants to be i mean and this song is also kind of tailored to uh his vocal sensibility again that's not a negative that is that's uh, a huge positive because that means at least it tells me that uh, the guys were all feeling it. The vibe was was correct. It was it was on that day when they came up with it. And then I'm the ultimate seller is the chorus and the 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 big harmonies. I mean that that you really can't go wrong with that. Whenever you uh, need a good shining example of what Van Halen can do musically and uh uh dynamically i think dance the night away is a really good example you can you can have all the unchanged you want you can have the ain't talking about loves you can have the humans being and like 5150 and the ones that just really just rip and then you can have dance the night away where you just you're literally just having a good time they're not going out of their way to uh be overtly hard rock they're just, just like nope just a simple rock tune and uh, see what we're capable of. We can be nice and friendly. Maybe they did it for radio play. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just did it just to see that they could do it. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. The, ultimately, what matters is Dance the Night Away is a very fun, very uh, cool, and, in my opinion, quintessential Van Halen tune. And, obviously, that is why it is what dreams are made of. 
Corey Morissette, I can't imagine you have too far of a of a hot take or yeah i can't imagine you have a hot take on this uh whatsoever but you might so i i throw it to you it for you is dance the night away what dreams are made of or is the dream over perfect little piece of of pop rock uh just unbelievable Uh, i love dance the night away van halen 2 is my favorite record uh, uh from this group uh, from You're No Good all the way down to Beautiful Girls. I love every track on this thing, uh, including Dance Tonight. A great second track. Um, Dave sounds great. The harmonies, of course, are top-notch. Uh, the band is on fire. Um, there, there's really not much more to say. Uh, th- this is quintessential Van Halen for me. Uh, it's definitely in my top ten. Some days it's in my top five. I love the way how Eddie backed off on the solo. I, I think that was just brilliant. And um, mm-hmm. I just love everything about it. I never, ever skip it. I'll play it every single time it comes on. Uh, let's go into the chat here uh, for a few comments. Scott Everett, Ed going easy on the solo again, matching the song perfectly, which we uh, talked about and agree uh, totally. Uh, Tom loves the way it pans across, especially in headphones. Yeah, listen to it in headphones sometimes. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, Scott Monroe says, sounds like a carefully planned out solo too, like he agonized over every note. And I agree. I think he, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can kind of tell, okay, I want to put a little thing here, a little thing here, a little bend here, and, and just made it sound absolutely wonderful. Uh, Scott Everett, uh, as slimmed down as it was, it was still awesome watching him tap away and creating magic in that video. Absolutely. Uh, Dancing off into the sunset, says Scott Monroe. Uh, He also says, hot take, this could challenge little guitars for the highest percentage of what dreams are made of. Uh, Scott Everett doesn't uh, agree. Uh, I got to go with uh, Scott, the second Scott Everett on this one. I don't think so either. Uh, when When I think about this song and I think about the scores, I'm thinking, you know what we're looking at? Probably... 87 88 which would put this song second on van halen 2 uh, actually no uh be fourth oh, actually no we got a ton of good you don't stuff think on. this one could uh break 90 i don't think it can break 90 no if you're looking at van halen mm. 2 uh and i think i can actually bring it up here uh you're no goods 84 percent bottoms up is 94.4 percent uh out of love again Ooh. was only 80 light up the sky also 94.4 percent doa 96.2 percent that's the leader on this record and then Woman in I'm Love, 93%. And Beautiful Girls, only 85%. So this is a very high-ranking album. Currently at uh, 89% uh, percent What Dreams Are Made Of. When you look at the album rankings, Van Halen 2 is third uh, behind uh, Van Halen and 1984, currently leading the way. I wanted to point out, too, uh, 5150 jumped up a few spots after the Good Enough uh, vote. Its final score right now is sitting at 76.1%. That now puts it ahead of Four Unlawful Balance, OU812, Van Halen 3 and the terrible best of both worlds uh, compilation track. I'm 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 here to tell you guys that you're dreaming if you think uh a different kind of truth is better than <laughs> better than 5150. I'm just <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to throw that out there. Like you're you're dreaming. I mean, it's fine if you have a personal connection with that album over 5150, but come the hell on, man. Ah, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. We Not do have one track me. left on 5150 that could help raise I that know, score. But... And we got a couple left uh, on a different kind of truth. I know uh, Bullethead is one, and uh, The Trouble Would Never uh, is the other. So there's a couple that might bring it down. It could, but do you, uh, do you feel hopeful in that assessment? Uh, I like a, a different kind of truth. Uh, do I like it more than 5150? No. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's it's I'm not I'm not like dissing it as a terrible album. I'm just saying 
I think 5150 is a is the clear uh, uh, winner of those two. Yeah. So I, I mean, so that. it just it stands to reason that like 5150, I think should be in my I think it should be miles ahead. But I mean, even if it's just like one ahead, I feel like it deserves to at least be above <laughs> a different kind of truth. But again, you know, I can only uh, vote from the way I feel and everyone votes the way they feel and that's fine. But you guys are you're killing me out there. You're killing me. I tell you. But nevertheless, aha. Oh, that music can only mean one thing. Mark Meyer, it's time to play. How many times did Van Halen perform Dance the Night Away? Uh, I think I got this one. You, you think, I think you got, I got it? it? Okay. Now, I, I trust I that it. you're not studying on your own time. To, to, get, to get these I, numbers more correct, so look. Not only have I not been listening to Van Halen in my off time because of the show, I made a specific choice to do that. Unless it's a song we've already covered, okay. uh, but uh, also since you've started this lovely game, now I absolutely like. I don't even I don't Google like anything Van Halen at all unless it's lyrics <laughs> while we're talking about the song. Perfect. So, um, so no, so I have not I have not been cheating. I have not been looking up anything ahead of time. And all even right. if I did, I don't think I could retain all that information all at once. So it's a lot of numbers. I'll, I'll grant you that. But now you got to come up with a number. Yeah. Remember, this is Price is Right rules. You have to come closest to the actual number without going over. And if you guessed so out of whack, but you're still under, I'm still going to give you the loser tone because. <laughs> Scott Haskin did that on an Aerosmith show not that long ago. The correct answer was like a thousand. He said uh, twelve. Uh, like no, you're you're so far out of whack. I'm giving you the loser tone. But uh, here's here it comes. What's your guess? How many times do you think Van Halen performed "Dance the Night Away"? A logical man would say a thousand times. All right. However, I have to use my brain a little bit here because like that just seems unlikely that's you are far from a thousand logical. times is a lot yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true i'm i'm far from logical so i might be shooting myself in the foot here but i think they probably because i gotta assume they ever since they released the track they probably played it on almost every show because it was a, it was a hit it was a big hit so i'm gonna say they played this thing 300 times. 300? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm just going to go into uh, the chat here. Scott Everett guesses. I think they played it on eight tours, going with my method of multiplying it by 75 plays. I'm going with 600. And you went with, what was your number again, Mark? I went 300. 300. Well, I guess uh, technically. You know, I'm going to give it to Scott Everett, though. Scott Everett wins both showcases. The correct answer is 605 times. Damn. <laughs> That's, uh, that tracks. That tracks. Yep. First played March 25th, 1979 at the Celand Arena in Fresno, California. Last played October 4th, 2015 at the Hollywood Bowl, Los Angeles, California. Amazing. Yep. But uh, that's still 605 is a lot. That's a, a lot of times to be playing that song. So I always get this feeling like... Uh, Cause I, you know, I play music around, but I'm, I'm not nearly, uh, touring my dick off. Like most of these, you know, full-time bands do especially with a big hit that they have to play every show. Yeah. I just, I, I get this like weird anxiety feeling of just, do I really want to be a, 
a, a, a full-time musician and have like a hit song because that means that I have to play that song all the time. What if I get sick of it? What if I actually hate it? Like what if what if I hated recording it and then it became a hit and now I have to constantly sing it like and I guarantee you plenty of bands go through that. I know I know for a fact uh the guy from Warrant despises Cherry Pie. He hates that song. Well, Jenny Lane did too. It. Yeah, well Jenny Lane before he died uh, said that, but I think even the new guy with Warrant is probably pretty yeah. sick of Cherry Pie. Sick of that. I mean uh uh the guy, uh, Quiet Riot, they didn't write uh, come on, feel the noise, right. but they covered it and it became a huge hit for them. And it was like, well, great. We got to play this damn song. They did it on a dare too. They recorded that thing in like one take on a dare just to see if they could do it. They didn't realize it was going to be like the one song they they're known for. That's the power of Slade. And then the next album, they did another Slade cover. Mama, we're all crazy now. So yeah, don't so. underestimate <laughs> the power of Slade, my friend. They're a pretty good band. power of Slade. Yeah. I like that. Ooh, Maybe that'll be a, a new band name, like The Power of Slade. Slade Tribute Band? I'm in. Can I play, like, Triangle yeah. or something? Fuck, I can't play a real instrument, but I can, like, you know, you'll, play the spoons. You'll play the cowbell, and you'll like oh, it. Oh, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So there you go, guys. Uh, uh, Mark loses that game once again, but we all win because we spun a really awesome, great, uh, very popular Van Halen track with Dance the Night Away. I will hear no slander about this song whatsoever. You hear that? So, you know, this week, when you're throwing in your tweets, when you're voting in on the song, and you're on the Discord, looking at all you lurkers out there, don't you be slandering Dance the Night Away. And if you are going to slander it, at least give me a good reason as to why. Um, that's all I ask. So, well, um, we, we have an early What Dreams Are Made Of in the chat. Chaz Charles just showed up. Uh, what did we spin? Yeah, so, so they told him Dance the Night Away. He goes, Fack. What dreams are made of the most inspired, brilliant use of arpeggios ever love playing this live. Uh, that would be a fun one to play live. That That's a good call. Unless you're Van Halen and you played it like 605 times plus, then it's probably less fun. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh in the chat says total passed on danger zone in case it became a huge hit. Like that's interesting. Ooh, that is interesting. Wow. Toto doing Danger Zone. That and then Scott Askin says Steve Morris said it best. Imagine you could press a button and make twenty thousand people scream. Wouldn't you want to push it? <laughs> yeah. 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 I would. Damn. Now I. Oh my God. That's gonna cause my brain to spiral. I'm like, what the fuck would, what would Danger Zone sound like by Toto? Right. Oh, I want to hear it. And I love Danger Zone from Kenny Loggins. And uh, uh, look. Kenny doesn't hate that song as many times as he's no. performed it. You want to know why? You know how much money he makes exactly. from Danger Zone? To this a day. lot. Yeah, Top Gun Maverick becomes a billion-dollar movie, and he's rich all over again. You you heard, like, maybe a good eight seconds of it in the new Top Gun movie. <laughs> maybe eight seconds, but that eight seconds wrote him such a fat check. Not to mention he probably has, like, some back-end deal uh, with his songs played in films, so... Uh, Top Gun Maverick was a billion dollar uh, d box office hit smash. Yep. So all those times, all those times it played, Kenny got paid. So, uh, you know, sometimes I, it, uh, it it's okay to write a song that is going to be a hit that you might get sick of because you just market it out to uh, the film industry and they're just going to play it at nauseum and you just get a check every time. I know. So, right? Royalties, bitch. Steve Lukather has a new version of Toto that's hitting the road. I think they're opening for Journey, mm. but they're actually playing Regina Saskatchewan on a solo headlining date coming up soon. I'm tempted to go and just yell, play Danger Zone, you hacks. 
See if I can get under his skin. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say it just like that. Um, yeah. And if they don't hear you, you need to have like a backup poster. Oh, I'll make a sign. Like you're at a wrestling match. Absolutely. Like play, yeah. play Danger Zone, yeah. you hacks. I'm on Monday Night Raw <laughs> in 1998. I'm holding up a sign that no yeah. one can see through. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> play Danger Zone, you hacks. Yeah. And I just, now I just have this vision of them see, like looking out there like, what the fuck is what? That? Danger Zone? Wait, how does he know about that? No, we, we do Africa, uh, not Danger Zone. Oh, yeah. oh, I feel sorry. In, for no, in, in, <laughs> instead, they'll start playing you like, well, we won't do Danger Zone, but how about this? Yeah. And they just launch into the entire Dune soundtrack. <laughs> I'd, I'd be down for that, actually. And now uh, I feel bad for poor Tom Armbruster's wife because he's singing uh, Slade lyrics in the chat right now. See Chameleon lying there in the sun. That's from the hit song Run, Run Away, one of my favorite Slade tracks of all time. Uh, run, Jeff. run away is aptly named. Love there it. you go. Love when that it, too. When it comes to that one. So. It's got a fiddle in it for <laughs> fuck's right. sakes. Come on. <laughs> the power of Slade. Never That's underestimate right. it. And never underestimate the power of Van Halen, whether it's uh, rip-roaring hard rock or if it's a little bit more on the pop sens sensibility side of it all. It's all good. It's all Van Halen, and we all love it. And uh, that is because we are just humble fans we're not rock historians we're certainly not experts on the band hence how many times do i say i wonder if they thought this i wonder if they did this you know why i say that because i don't know because i'm just guessing because i'm not an expert we have uh people that are experts that would probably answer some of those questions that i have but they're not on the show right now it's just Corey and i and we're just fans so just uh let it let it always be said you know, the show is still going, so I have to say it every every show. I have to mention it for all of you out there. I do have a piece of news about Van Halen experts, uh, Mark, that I'm going to drop oh. here tonight for you. I haven't even talked to you about this yet. But I've been talking with one, uh, Kevin Brown, a uh, good friend of uh -huh. ours. Um, and, and he does trivia nights uh, quite a bit. And he actually, over the Christmas break, before New Year's, did a Queen trivia night for all their uh, listeners. And they had a lot of fun. And he offered to do something similar uh, for our Van Halen Motley crew. So I thought, wouldn't this be interesting? What if we did a live show with a Kevin Brown Van Halen trivia contest? And for the winner, Mark and I would chip in and send them a certified Van Halen expert t-shirt that you can find on our T public store uh, designed by Kevin Brown. Uh, I thought that would be a lot of fun. Let's get all of our experts like Chaz and Jeff and the Scots uh, personified. There's three of them. Uh, Jeff, like uh, all those fine folks, all of our patrons that want to come on a call, let's have Kevin Brown monitor uh, or uh, officiate uh, a trivia contest, Van Halen trivia. And you and I can participate if you want, Mark. I'm sure uh, we would do uh, quite poorly compared to the most of our patrons. But for, for the I winning patron, <laughs> let's send him a T-shirt, 100% certified Van Halen expert. Huh? What do you think? I'm absolutely overjoyed with that i think that's a very fantastic idea and then there's going to be a boss round and the boss round is we <laughs> we sneak in an eric sinich to see if and if you can beat him then uh you you maybe you get two t-shirts i don't know but oh, uh, um that but, would be fun to try and stump eric it would be uh, Chaz is already in scott haskins says can i win most likely to not get a single question right but really tried what can we send Scott no, if he gets every single that, one that's wrong? My, that's oh. my award. That's my award. <laughs> I thought we could send him like a little sticker or something. T Public makes stickers. We could send him a little. We'll, we'll send you a sticker uh, with our logo and it said, you tried. Yeah. <laughs> a sh Mark shrugging. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's just me just yeah. over here. So, And uh, speaking of Kevin Brown, Kevin, if you're listening or when you listen to this, uh, if you want to see a live video of myself in karaoke performing a very uh, – 
very popular Queen song. I'm going to need you to uh, constantly hound my fiance because she has it. I don't have it. But oh. uh, and she won't send it to me, but she'll send it to you if you ask her. So you finally did go dragon after attack. Christy. Good. What's that? You finally did dragon attack in karaoke. Well, that's a spoiler. I won't. I won't <laughs> spoil which one I did. Was it "Give Me the Prize" from a different from a kind of magic? I will say it is from a, a kind of magic. Oh, is it? Um, it oh. is not that one. Though. It's got to be "Who Wants to Live Forever." Then I got I got to get this video, Christy. If you're listening. I, I need this video of Mark uh, absolutely crushing Who Wants to Live Forever. Uh, Scott Monroe had the best idea. Scott Haskin will get a notable nudist T-shirt for trying. So that's a good – and we do have a, a notable nudist uh, design. It's not in the store, though, because we didn't think who the hell would buy that. But we, we could probably get one made up just for Scott. Scott Haskin, the notable nudist. I well, think we <laughs> – Notable nudist, take should. my money. Josh, Josh wants one. There you go. <laughs> oh well all right well now we have now we have to put it in the store <laughs> but hey uh yeah so uh depending on how well or poor you do in this trivia game uh, we'll send you one of those shirts so, that's right uh, yeah i think i think we can uh we can make that happen i think oh, that'd I be a wait. lot of fun yeah. it's got to be a live show uh i don't know yeah, maybe, maybe end of january Let, let's see if we can get kev on board and uh come up with a cool trivia night i know he, he does this all the time I, I wasn't able to uh partake in his queen one uh, but he's actually, mm-hmm. I think every, like every Thursday he does trivia nights. He's actually doing one tomorrow night. That's why he's not here tonight because he's, oh, getting, right he's writing questions for a trivia night. So uh, I know he enjoys it. Uh, I can't wait to see what he comes up with. Unlike Chaz, who we asked uh, for the uh, season one wrap-up of the uh, Ultimate Catalog Clash, we asked him to come up with some Genesis trivia questions, and 90% of them are wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure in this case the, the, the questions will actually be correct, but... I tell you, we we got some 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 good experts uh, in our in our chat. Greg Zito, uh, the Scots, Je- like Jeff even said, even if I'm if, if I get one wrong, I will argue that I'm right, and he'll probably just beat us down like my children do. Like we just, I, I just the, get so beat down. That's I say the fine. American way. Yeah, it's like fine. <laughs> fine you you want to go play with matches? Fucking go ahead. I don't care anymore. Like just stop. <laughs> So uh, well, we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, ponder that and tinker around. It might not be a uh, end of January. January is kind of a busy month, but uh, we'll right. we'll figure something out because I think I think that would be a really really fun time. Uh, I think Kevin would have a lot of fun doing that, and I think you guys would have fun. So let us know. Uh, you know, tweet at us or uh, message us on uh, Facebook or you know if you're if you're on the Patreon, then you, you're right there in the Discord. You got a direct link to automatic to invite. All of us. Yeah, if you're a patron, automatic, you're automatically yeah. invited. Anybody else, uh, you know, maybe, maybe kind of you know either email us or message Mark on the Twitter or the Facebook machine and kind of yeah. uh, make your case why you think you could do well at Van Halen trivia and win one of these coveted gorgeous T-shirts. Yes, and uh, if you want a, uh, a sneak peek at what those shirts will look like or what you're in for, do oh, go to up. podcast. I'll bring rock. it up. Here there we go. go. There it is right there. 100% certified Van Halen expert. I'll even let you pick the color, motherfucker. Look at that. We got Heather. We got black. We got beige. We got fucking all sorts of things. Male fit, female fit, from small all the way to 5XL or Corey size, as I like to call it. We will send you a shirt. <laughs> If you win Van Halen trivia. Absolutely. It's all good stuff. And hey, while you're over there uh, and you're swing on over to our website, podcastwillrock.com, you can find all the backlog episodes that we've done. Uh, it's a newly uh, a new site, newly formatted site, a lot easier to handle. Uh, I already, I'm already a big fan. Okay. So uh, yeah, 
get over there, check that out, check out what's going on. And like I said, join the Patreon, join uh, all of us having fun, having good conversations. Sometimes it's most of the time it's about Van Halen and sometimes it's not. Sometimes we're just kicking it about other bands and other music that we like. And you can join in the conversation with like-minded individuals as follows. Matt Lacoste, Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast, Rava Flav, Josh Caldwell, Greg Zito, Michael Griffith, Chaz Charles, Sean McGinnity, the aforementioned Kevin Brown, Per Lineker, Scott Monroe, Ryan Powell, Jeff Brewer, Tom Armbruster, Scott Everett, Heath McCoy, Janice Risco, Brad Gould, Michael Triplett, Davy Lee Smith, and Chad Pollock. So thank you all so much for uh, being a part of this uh, this journey, being a part of uh, the Patreon, helping us keep the lights on, and, you know, being able to engage in awesome conversations that we love so much. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, keep it on up, by the way. Uh, we're still on Facebook, still on Twitter, slash X, whatever the hell it's called. Um, we have an Instagram, but we don't really use it, so don't bother. Don't go there. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's all good. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, if, if we, for whatever reason, are just not, uh, meeting all of your rock podcasting needs, because Van Halen's a lot, you know, and sometimes that's enough for people, but some of you out there are just hungry for just more and more content, more, uh, like-minded individuals like ourselves that talk about music that you love. And that's why we're part of the deep dive podcasting network full of rock podcasts. Corey, can you let them know what kind of stuff they can expect at the Deep Dive Podcasting Network? I sure can. Let's check out the list here. And I got a couple of updates, actually, on the first couple here. Uh, the CMPU is shrinking. Uh, first of all, Backtracks theme music. Uh -oh. We've been on hiatus for quite a bit. Um, it, it's not happening anymore. Uh, the, that show has gone away, but you can go check out all of our old episodes, wherever you get your podcast from. Also, uh, Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited is ending next week. Our uh, series oh, finale sad. is happening uh, next week. We kind of explain why uh, in the show, uh, but we're going to f uh, finalize our Aerosmith mixtape uh, next week on that show, so check that out. Uh, then, of course, we have myself and Kevin Brown at the Ultimate Catalog Clash, uh, breaking down 1990s Metallica. Metallica, the Black Album Side C, uh, just dropped this week. Uh, side D uh, coming up next week. And then we get into load and reload right after that. That's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, then Kevin Brown, of course, has the Tom Petty Project and Seaside Pod Review with his uh, good buddy Randy Woods. Very talented musician in his own right. Go check out his band, the Randy Woods Band, if you get a chance. Uh, then we have Scott Haskin at Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast. Uh, Scott Haskin uh, also does the Haskin Cast, which I was a guest on just this past week. And we reviewed uh, the John Bon Jovi album, uh, Blaze of Glory uh, from the Young Guns 2, inspired by the film Young Guns 2. So you can check out part one of that show right now, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, then we have our good friends Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast. Uh, the Simple Man at Skinnered Reconsidered. Cherry T-Bone Mathley at T-Bone's Prime Cuts. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap the Pods. That show is wrapped up, too. But you can catch up on all the old episodes, wherever you get your podcast from. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Badman, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast, Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast, Clay and Rye at North by South Podcast. That is a Canadian music versus American music show. That's a heck of a lot of fun. Then we have Greg and Jonathan at So Far, So Pod, So What, talking all things Megadeth, Quinn at End Volume for All, 
Sav, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. And then we have the Chaz uh, Podcasting Universe here. And actually, Chaz and his group of co-hosts are going to be right here on the show next week. Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu. Chaz and Shats at Rush Rash. And Chaz and Wolfie at Regarding Roger. That's uh, Regarding Roger Waters, specifically, not Roger Moore. Not Roger Whitaker. Uh, I've been corrected many, <laughs> many times. Uh, then, of course, you can catch all of our uh, other friends that are outside the Deep Dive Podcasting Network, including uh, the DLR cast, the Bogus Otis Show, the Sean Geek and Fast Fred Podcast, You're All Doomed, a Friday the 13th Podcast, Booked on Rock with the legendary Eric Senich, Dissect That Film, Three's Company 2, a Rewatch Podcast, and Pod of Thunder, the recognized symbol of excellence in rock and roll podcasting this week. Uh, they had a good one. It was actually uh, in excess Suicide Blonde uh, from the X album. That's a killer fucking tune. That was a really, really good show. That dropped this past oh, yeah. Monday. So go check out Pot of Thunder and uh, a great, great in excess tune from 1990. I'm just laughing now about a, a regarding Roger uh, podcast, but it's Roger Moore. That's, that just sounds like that, that sounds awful. That just sounds like <laughs> the most boring show. Oh, but no offense to you, Roger Moore fans, but that just unless you're talking about Bond, then I guess what else is there to talk about? Uh, outside of Bond Moore? and Cannonball Run, what else did he do? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I forgot about Cannonball Run. Um, but I'll never forget the aptly Cannonball Run two, the uh, superior sequel. <laughs> How about the third one, the Canadian one? I think it was called Speed Zone or something, and like John Candy was in it. Never it was, saw it. Eugene Levy was in it. Like it was kind of a spiritual sequel to Cannonball Run, but it was made in Canada with an all-Canadian cast, and it, it was just weird. Terrible movie. What's it called? I think it's called Danger Zone or Speed Zone. Maybe a Speed Zone. Danger Zone. Speed Zone. All right, I'm going to look that up. Uh, you, you had me at Eugene Levy and John Candy, so like, it, even if the movie's terrible, it's probably great. No, it, it, yeah, it's called Speed Zone, uh, 1989. Speed Zone. Uh, Peter Boyle's in it, Donna Dixon, John Candy, uh, Matt Frewer. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm, uh, Joe I'm Flaherty, Tim Matheson, yeah. uh, Sherry Belafonte. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. yeah. Dick Smothers, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, Dick Smothers, uh, or Tom Smothers uh, just passed away uh, here not not that long ago. No, so. I did. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, fucking John Schneider's in this thing. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. I'm 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 looking this movie up immediately. Like I'm gonna try and find it and watch it. Maybe it's on Tubi. And uh, uh, Jamie Farr reprises his role as the Sheik. He's the only cast member from any of the other Cannonball Runs. Uh, to partake, but it was written by Michael Short, who I believe is Martin Short's brother. Okay, so if he's got even just a tiny bit of his brother's sensibilities uh, in comedy, then there's probably some good comedic gems in this movie. Maybe overall the narrative is is shit, but uh, again, you had me at Levy and Candy, so uh, (laughs) there's no... In my mind, there it's that's perfection. So you know, it might not actually <laughs> so might. be uh, Eugene Levy. Uh, I know John Candy's in it. Matt Frewer, Tim Matheson. Uh, I actually don't see uh, Eugene Levy on the cast list there, so I may have been wrong on that. Oh, one, you, but you instead of him, heart, but I still love. We, we yeah, got, a, we got, a, uh, we got a Duke boy, John Schneider's in it. There you go. Yes, I know. <laughs> I never watched Dukes of Hazard. That was a little bit before my time, so you know. But I know who oh, John Schneider so is, young. obviously. Donna Dixon, of course, uh, Mrs. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, she was in yes. Spies Like Us, if you remember that one, with uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Chevy Chase. Yeah, good movie. Peter Boyle, of course, from Young Frankenstein. Matt Frewer is uh, Max Headroom, so the cast isn't too, too bad. <laughs> Dude, Matt Frewer. 
like Max Headroom, yeah, that's one one of like a thousand like characters yeah. that this like you've you've definitely seen him in anything. Name a thing yep. he's probably been in it. You like Stephen uh, King's The Stand? Yeah, he, yeah, he was in that in, in the uh, ABC miniseries yeah. in 1990. <laughs> did you like Lawnmower Man Two? No, no, no one did. But no he's did. in that too. <laughs> did you like Lawnmower <laughs> Man Two? Oh my God. <laughs> It's pretty bad, even like uh, it's. I mean, Lawnmower Man the movie is pretty awful it's pretty too. Bad, but yeah. yes, I mean, but although I will say, like as bad as that movie is, if you've ever read the short story it's based on, I'm not sure which is worse because clearly Stephen King wrote that during his like coke days because like yeah. only a cokehead could come up with this bullshit. Yeah, um, like, like the Tommy Knockers, where he doesn't even remember writing that book. He's like, "Fuck, I wrote a book about aliens, really? The Tommy Knockers? Never heard of it." But uh, uh, Chaz, it's like, yeah, one of many times that you wrote about aliens, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Chaz is kind of shocked that you live in Nashville and haven't spent time at Cooter's Garage. Do you want to know why? Why not? Because, Lay it on us. Because I'm from Nashville. <laughs> I am not a tourist. Ah, that is why. <laughs> He's an elitist. Uh, natives, no, natives don't go to the tourist attractions. Um, some of them we do just because like you got to expect, like you have to go in and experience Opryloan hotel. You, you just do sun records. Uh, have you been there? You, it, well, it was, it's, it's not, not there, there anymore. anymore. Oh man. No, it was a tower records. Actually, it was one oh. of the biggest tower records I've ever seen. And man, see ugh. sun records anyway. is where like sun records. We had Elvis, you had Carl Perkins, you had Jerry Lee Lewis, you had Johnny cash for a spell. I, I always wanted to oh, visit. That's a, oh, oh, Sun Records. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, that's a that's in Memphis. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I get mm -hmm. my Nashville's and my Memphis mixed up. Uh, here, here's a quick I mean, uh, a yeah. topic change for you, Mark. Because I know you you get sick of talking about Nashville uh, or Memphis. But uh, Jeff Brewer says best sequel: <laughs> Aliens, maybe Lethal Weapon Two. Uh, I'm on board with Aliens. Actually, I really love Aliens. Yeah, you... completely different movie from Alien, but Lethal Weapon Two over Lethal Weapon. Disgust. I used to uh, agree with the aliens part, um, but then one day I just I decided to watch the alien director's cut, and uh, that still withstands the test of time to alien me. Alien is a perfect well, horror movie. Aliens is a perfect yep. action movie. It's pretty damn good. Like there, are, there are things about aliens that I want to go. I mean, there's a lot you can go like that's that doesn't that doesn't hold up very well. However. Yeah when you know what it took to make it and yep. just the achievements in cinema that what that movie was, you kind of have to give it props. So I'm not mad at it. That's no. called good. Watch I will, however, push back on lethal weapon Two. uh, lethal weapon two is Ooh. fine, but it is nowhere near, oh. nowhere near the caliber of the first one. Greg Zito says lethal weapon two was, was the best one. You know, I, I'm kind of partial to three. We had jet Lee in there. We had uh, Mel Gibson being a horrific racist in that one too. Well, four, that was yes, four. That was four. Yeah. What the hell happened in three? <laughs> Joe Pesci was uh, in let's it. I see. know that much. Yeah, Pesci came back, <laughs> and then uh, that's about it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, we got introduced to uh, uh, Rene Russo in that right. one. Uh, like and Rene she was Russo. great. She was yeah. a great addition. But that's about it. That's that's all I can tell you from Lethal Weapon 3. Wasn't Lethal Weapon 2 the, I have diplomatic immunity, and then they shoot him in the head, and then he, it's just been it's revoked. It's just been revoked. Yeah. <laughs> one of the worst lines ever. It's, I mean, I mean, no, that's that's a great line. It's, I mean, it's cheesy as hell, but it's great. But the worst line in that is, <laughs> is Mel Gibson saying, "If you leave now, that'll be the end of it. I'll let you go. But if you stick around, I'm gonna fuck your ass." 
and he I think he means he's gonna kill him, but Dude, it's just the really way don't he know. says it. It's like like yeah, you don't know. And then later when you know after you know, the girl he's seeing has her tragedy, he's like, I'm gonna get these guys, Raj. I'm gonna get them and I'm gonna fuck them. Like what is happening? I remember in this the movie, guy, and he's well, really like, and I'm gonna fuck. Like he's adamant, he's gonna fuck him, and it's like, like he's like it's personal. He's like yeah. it's personal now. I'm gonna fuck him. Like, are are you like, gonna kill oh him or are you gonna fuck him? Like and with Mel Gibson, you never know, right? And oh my goodness, that's yeah, what yeah. I see. That's what I thought was gonna happen at the end. It was like diplomatic immunity, and Mel Gibson was just gonna you know pull Bend out his over. thing and just Ugh. like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I told you, I told you, what I got was your diplomatic like, immunity right here. It's written it's on my diplomatic immunity. Yeah. Oh, that was terrible. I take back that joke. Uh, <laughs> so, anywho, but uh, we can we can certainly debate more about yes. uh, what sequels are are better than the pre- predecessor uh, over in the Discord. So, hey, you guys want to jump in on that conversation? Join the Patreon. Get in on the Discord. Uh, it's it's a fun time, and we have great conversations in that chat. Sometimes I can't even keep up, and I don't even try. But it's great. It's I, I read all of it. So uh, on behalf of Corey and the Lurkers and everybody listening all around the world, we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Later.